Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the always online multiplayer gaming podcast brought to you by MMO Bomb, your home for all things multiplayer related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, of course, and this is episode 437. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. So if you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever this uh, podcast is available, stop on by the website. That's the one that pays the bills. Take a look at all the giveaways, first look videos, episodes of the show here, and news all over the site. Big day, obviously. We've got our article going up shortly, recapping everything you need to know about the Final Fantasy XIV 6.2 live letter, including Island Sanctuary news, Criterion Dungeon news, which I'm very, very excited about. We won't be talking a lot about Final Fantasy XIV today. Uh, the live letter was just hours ago, and this is kind of the wrong panel for it since I'm really the only one that, that partakes. So we'll bring in some hosts next week that are more Final Fantasy XIV-oriented to talk about that. And we usually have like the Yoshi P interviews that happen the days after the live letter for additional information. So we'll wrap it all up at once. But we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Joining me today to go over all of it, Mr. Troy Blackburn, the new bridge. What's up, sir? I've been working on my Skyscale collection in Guild Wars 2. Yeah, yeah. And I and I swear to God, ArenaNet is trolling me hard. Why? What's this, going that on? Entire, that entire collection is outrageous, never-ending. It's just one big circle of busy work. I've never done anything quite like this to try to come out, to do all this work to try to come out with one achievement in the end for a stupid mount. I just want the mount. <laughs> I would pay you money for the mount. Why am I running no. around Dragonfall three times collecting things for no reason? Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that because then you'll just pay for the mounts. Don't tell and them that. I would that. just pay. Just kept all this crap. <laughs> well, good luck on that. Good luck on that. Troy may pay for a mount, but this man ain't paying for riding skill. That's for sure. Wilfredo Rivera, what's up, sir? How's it going? And you're absolutely right. I'm not paying for a riding skill. Yeah, so he you you won for free. Let me uh, center your shot a little bit while we that's my fault. <laughs> uh, while we get this <laughs> so professional, let me just move this shit around real quick. There we go. Uh, so yeah, you'd put up your next episode of, you know, should you come back? Uh, is it worth playing? This one, Lotro, getting some feedback in there, uh, both positive and negative, right? People want to hear more of the background sounds and the music, and people want to take a, a, a more in-depth look about, hey, if you're a free pay player in these games, maybe this. If you're a paid player, you might get a totally different, well, well you, you will get a totally different experience, but is it worth paying to get that experience? So I saw you in the comments, taking all the feedback to heart. People still loving the episode. You're doing a great job. And, and I stay away from molding your content because that's not, you know, I want this to be you. And so you're learning as you go. What do you think yeah. of the, the feedback, the episode, Lord of the Rings Online, is it worth playing? Um, I would definitely say it's, it, it's nowhere where it, I want it to be, but I'm getting better at it. And I think that's part of the uh, part of the experience, right? Because you got to learn while you do. It's one of those things you learn while doing. Yeah. Very much like drifting. Um, but all the feedback, every bit of it, good, bad, and indifferent, it's needed. Because that just makes it easier for me to figure out what I'm missing, what I can put in, how I can make it more entertaining, more informative. Bring it all. Bring it all. I take none of it directly to heart. And I did this so I can start up a conversation. Yeah. There are things that you like about a game. Talk about it. Things I like about a game, let's talk about it. Let's figure out what's wrong with our games. Let's have those conversations. Somebody's going to pay attention and go, they like all this stuff and hate all that stuff. So Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings Online is a tough one for me because like, I, I can't argue with somebody coming to the same conclusion that you did. And uh, definitely go watch the episode and give your feedback in there. Obviously, longtime Lotro players that are still playing it they're not going to like the conclusion you came to because that's their game, right? And that's fine. We, we get that. Troy, we all do that. You know, uh, uh, the, your opinion's no good because I've been playing this since it came out and I still play it today and it's the best game ever. Well, for you, it might be. Cool. Congratulations. You found one. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to, like, if you are a Lord of the Rings mega fan and you play MMOs, and you have never played Lord of the Rings online, ever, for whatever reason. Maybe you just didn't realize it was a thing. Um, that's weird for a mega Lotro uh, Lord of the Rings fan, but maybe. It, it is one of, those, one of those games that is very antiquated, 
Uh, and I, I always feel like if you want to just dive in and probably play by yourself through the story uh, and adventure in Middle Earth by yourself, you could do far worse. Like, yeah, I would say go ahead and jump in it. But if you are looking for, like, a, a, a crowded MMO RPG experience, then I just this ain't the game anymore. It just isn't. So th it's an odd one for me, Troy. kind of, like, falls in that middle of, Let's put four if statements on there. And if you answer all four of them, yes, then yeah, this is probably worth playing for you. <laughs> Even for me, there, there's so many things about Lotro that checks boxes that would normally be auto plays for me. Yeah. But, but, then, but then you get to a lot of the dated aspects. It's just so old school at this point. It's just like, that's just not what I'm looking for in games. I want, I, I want the new shiny graphics and everything to look super sexy while I'm playing too. Yeah, I'm heartbroken when the new Lord of the Rings MMO was canceled. I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Anyway, check out the video. Give feedback on the series. You already have your next game, right? I don't think you're ready to publicly say what you're doing, but it is one that has been requested, I think is safe to say. Yes, it has. Okay. So we'll see that in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, let's get started with the news. Let's start this off with a segment that I just call WTF is Blizzard even doing anymore? Like, what the fuck is Blizzard even doing anymore? We're gonna, we got a couple different Blizzard pieces of news here. Uh, and, and we're gonna start with the, the, the one that we talked about before that is just kind of a mess, Diablo Immortal, right? It's obviously making way more money than it should. People stop, people stop. And I'm not talking about like streamers that, you know, high profile streamers that sink a ton of money into it. That's a return on investment thing for them, right? You know, is uh, somebody that's making thousands and thousands of dollars a month on YouTube or Twitch content or taking donations and spending that money, they're they're gaining that money back. I'm talking about your average player spending money in the game, estimates of about 24 million uh, in its first couple of weeks there. But, interestingly enough, right, the global thing launched, Troy. We talked about, hey, the camera facial recognition files are in the global launch, and that's weird. Uh, but we know they're going to be there for China. Well, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, it's not launched in China yet. So, Which is weird, like you said, is is like de developed specifically for that Chinese audience that would usually eat this up and that make that twenty four million look like two dollars and forty cents. Yeah, so <laughs> it's delayed. It was originally supposed to come out in China, but it's being delayed due to eh, eh, <laughs> eh. I don't, I, I don't know. Now, uh, reportedly, the game was being blocked on uh, Weibo, Chinese uh, social media platform, for violating laws and regulations. Now, that could be anything in China, right? Like, could be cultural stuff in the game, could be monetization, could be at the whim of an executive that just doesn't want the game to come out. I mean, that, that literally could be anything when you're talking about China. Uh, now, they are going to try and launch this. On July 8th. That's the that's uh, in other Asia-Pacific areas. Whether or not we actually come back to China, I, I don't know, Troy. There's actually rumors right now that it may not release in China, in which case, why the hell did you make it? Because like this, like you said, this was almost tailor-made to the Chinese market, a Diablo mobile game that, hey, we'll sell elsewhere and make some money, but China is the market we want this in. Yeah, they're obviously running into some issues that they weren't expecting uh, to get that launched over there. Um, they were absolutely 200% counting on being in the Chinese market. Now things not going their way at all. Now look, this thing still made money, right? Like 24 million for us isn't anything to laugh at, but it's nothing compared to what they thought they were going to make. And the amount of disappointment probably in the higher ups who were waiting on bonuses, probably to have $24 million. Uh, they're probably super disappointed and, and very agitated at the moment. 
Yeah, and of course, all of this stems from like the stupidest thing ever, right? And that is the whole reference between uh, Xi Jinping, president, uh, Chinese leader, president, wh whatever you want to call the position uh, <laughs> at the moment, uh, lifelong president, and hey. Wenny the Pooh, right? Huge like comparisons, <laughs> mocking uh, Jinping saying it looks like Winnie the Pooh. That stuff has been like outlawed in China. And then according to a translation on Reddit, so take with a grain of salt, Diablo Immortals Weibo post on the game's official Weibo site said, why isn't Winnie the Bear going out of office yet? Which immediately, of course, got all of that shit shut down. <laughs> Diablo Immortals account uh, condemned by everybody and the Chinese government and every like e fuck even Winnie the Pooh is censored in China so yeah um, so will it ever come out I, I don't know Wilfredo because now NetEase had penalties because of this Blizzard's that that's Blizzard's uh, Chinese distribution partner Diablo Immortals marketing was shut down and it's now being speculated that NetEase may you know not will they even receive a license to publish the game for the next three years so it's concerning i guess if you were a chinese fan of blizzard and diablo but yeah you you make a perfect cash cow for that country's games distribution and then your social media screws it up allegedly i i mean i i have my personal point on it but i think it will come out at some point it's just going to require, you know, state media apologies and stuff like that. And probably a lot of, you know, compensatory stuff later on down the line or something like that. But I think it'll come out. I really do. Um, it, I just think that President Xi Jinping needs to uh, just calm down, relax, you know. Yeah, I, I that ain't going to happen on this. I know. Yeah. I know it's not. But, I mean, I used to get made fun of all the time. People used to call me Spaghetti Alfredos. And I, I learned to deal with it. Like, relax i know you won't but relax it's it and it's a game it's gonna make bank like gangbuster bank let the game through yeah but and that's that's the thing troy china has already been backlogged with game approvals particularly not only you know uh export games coming into china from other countries but video games in its own within its own borders right like they have just because they've got this whole cultural governmental thing uh, being forced on the culture of, you know, this is weakening our children and age restrictions and just like this whole governmental push uh, that's very anti-video game or, or anti-minors playing video games to be specific uh, that like, you know, I don't know if they even care about the big dollars that could be behind it because there are big dollars sitting there backlogged in game approvals that they're just not inclined to approve. Yeah, we've talked about this before on the show. Uh, like Tencent, uh, a company that you would think would have political pull, is being strongly affected by by these yeah. steps that are being taken in China. And that's a company that you just, I just I'm from the outside looking in, I never thought that they would have had to dealt with that stuff. I figured they had creased the right pockets, you know. So the fact that a company like Tencent is having to deal with that, they're not going to be in any hurry to deal with, with Blizzard and to make Blizzard happy, for sure. Yeah, and, and obviously, like, you know, Wilfredo, you say you know, he needs to chill out. Well, yeah, I mean, rationally speaking, you're like, who cares, okay? Like, I'm, I, I wear glasses I have my entire life. Yeah, I got mercilessly teased. I'm a dork, always have been my entire life. I got mercilessly teased for that stuff, right? Fine. Yeah, a rational person says that. But a rational person also realizes that, hey, maybe I should cut things out because there are consequences to my actions. When you are the head honcho, have made the rules, will be there for lifetime, have never dealt with consequences for any of the actions, no matter how barbaric or even uh, human right violations, uh, which China's leadership has been accused of, you just, there are no consequences. There's no reason to chill out. You get what you want. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's one of those things where it's it when you don't experience the consequences of your actions, you you find yourself to be ironically immortal. And ha cha cha. Ha cha cha cha. But I still think that somewhere down the line, I think right now it's not going to happen. Maybe in like 3 or 4 years it's possible, but 
right now I'm pretty certain they're like, you know, we're not going to give any Americans any money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if they are, have the, if they have this backlog, that's, that's literally on them. But some, at some point they're going to be like, we need money. Like, but the, the reason I bring this up is ultimately back to why I call this segment WTF is Blizzard even doing anymore. This is Troy, a 100% self-inflicted stupid wound that you knew was going. It's not even like, oh, the people mistook that for the, if, the translations are accurate. Again, we're dealing with Reddit. We're dealing with posts that got torn down mm. relatively quickly. But if the posts are accurate, like, you knew it was not going to be wise to put that reference on your Weibo account when you have a game making $24 million in its opening week or so elsewhere getting ready to launch in China. Just like, what the hell were you doing? The most tone-deaf company in gaming right now. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Uh, speaking of, let's continue with WTF is Blizzard even doing. Their shareholders have gone through a round of voting. They are going to keep their board, including one Mr. Bubby Kotick. So he will continue to be in charge. Uh, so presumably, that puts him in charge until the Microsoft takeover, assuming the deal goes through and closes in the estimated time frame that they thought it would which would be Q3 of next year, 2023. Now, in that uh, set of votes, there were other items being voted on as well. <sighs> One good thing I think came out of this is that they did vote to release their reports uh, on harassment. Uh, this actually comes after New York State Comptroller uh, Thomas DiNapoli had a proposal saying, hey, Activision needs to share the total number of sexual harassment settlements, uh, progress around quickly resolving those issues and, and abuse complaints and all pending complaints. They need to turn those over and make those public. Well, the shareholders majority vote did go ahead and do that. Uh, they did vote in, now it hasn't been done yet, but they have voted in favor of releasing those in an attempt to restore investor confidence, increase transparency on how it handles these situations, etc. And that might be good, but this was hot on the heels, Troy, of Activision Blizzard coming out and saying, hey, we have finished our investigation of ourselves, and we, we did no wrong, no, nothing wrong. There's that's, not... That, that's what I was going to say is, why would they need to make any changes whatsoever? They just told us they did nothing wrong. <laughs> like we were just literally told by them they did nothing wrong. No need for changes. Everything's fine here. Everything is fine here. No evidence to suggest that Activision Blizzard's senior executive executives ever intentionally ignored or attempted to downplay the instances of gender harassment that occurred and were reported. That's an important distinction, I guess, if you want to get into the semantics of this. Optic-wise, it looks terrible. But if you want to get into the semantics of it, they're not investigating saying that these incidents didn't happen. They're not investigating saying, the oh, there was no harassment. There was no gender discrimination. There was no... What they are saying is that there didn't appear to be a widespread uh, culture of this that was in turn hidden and even participated in by senior management and executives. Now, whether or not you believe in them or not doesn't matter. Despite conflicting report, right. reports that Kodak knew right. and even took part in some stuff like that. Right. So. They said, hey, we did find insta some instances of gender harassment, but then we, there was no senior leadership cover-up. They also... Uh, voted not to Wilfredo put an employee rep on the board. The newly created union uh, over at Raven Software requested employee representation on the board. They democratically within their union uh, elected the one person that they would like to sit on the board and serve as a representative of the employee, right? Give you a little more touch point with somebody uh, on the ground, on the front lines, so to speak. Uh, in the company, they absolutely rejected this. Five percent of the board voted in favor. <laughs> Five percent. Five percent. I, I find this absolutely mind blowing, especially with large companies like this. And I find it interesting at the same time because they said no, but Mercedes Benz, fifty percent of their board are frontline people. They are workers that represent what's going on in the factories and in the uh, uh, warehouses. Why wouldn't you do that? This is a great way to bridge that gap between, you know, 
the executives who are always looking down and those who are in the middle of the fight. You want that. And to shut it down, to me, that just screams bad news when it comes to the board. That's just my opinion on it, though. So, like, thinking, I've run boards, and, and full disclosure, uh, when I've been in charge of boards, I've been on boards before, and, but when I've personally been in charge of boards, uh, they have been nonprofit organizations. So there are different rule sets. Obviously, I will concede that point. But I have been on the board of profit companies uh, uh, seeking to make some money. Uh, and so, like, when I read this, I was like, okay, there are reasons in some organizations why that would not work. Um, particularly those smaller organizations where the board isn't as big and one person actually has a fair amount of weight, right, when it comes to votes and things like that. That ain't the situation here. And in fact, I mean, in these types of boards, Troy, you can likely negotiate uh, the actual definitions of the chair. And, you know, maybe it is an advisory board member. It has no voting power. It has no... Uh, ability to impact decisions that the board makes, they are there simply as an observational rep and a feedback and advisory giving rep. I don't understand why this company just continues to do the worst optic things, even if they think ultimately that they made the right decision for their for totally genuine reasons. The optics just continue to look horrible. Just continue to look horrible. At, at this point, just play to the audience. Like you said, even if you're not actually giving them any power or any sort of ability to actually act, to implement any sort of actual change, uh, which obviously you don't want, uh, just to set this person on the board would have been, like you said, optically a good move for a company with all the accusations and all the problems that they're having. How hard is it just to, at some point you think that they would accidentally get something right. Like they would accidentally make a move that makes them look like they're actually attempting to make a change or to do something or do the right thing. And they continue to not do that. They don't, they're not even accidentally stumbling into the right decision <laughs> at any point. Not even accidentally stumbling into the right decision. Dude, like... Here's, here's the other thing. So let's take a look. Dragonflight, the next World of Warcraft expansion, now has a release window. Uh, not an exact date. Sometime before December 31st, 2022. Initial gut reaction, I'm going to say this was earlier than I intend, uh, uh, than I believed i thought this was going to be a late q1 early q2 of next year was i nuts on that did you guys see it coming out this year wilfredo i i, I strangely yes i actually did i figured it'd probably come out a little bit earlier than that but um yeah i can definitely see it happening troy uh, i thought next year i thought next year you thought next year too all right so we're a little split on on that now here's my my question i i have for you a couple of them Obviously, we have the physical collector set, $130, the digital sets. They are all on pre-order right now if you are so inclined to uh, give Blizzard money. And they have various editions, heroic edition, epic edition, of course, with all kinds of different goodies inside there as well. Here's my question, though. With it coming out sometime in the next five months, sometime in the next five months, can it possibly deliver the way people want it to deliver? The way hardcore, longtime World of Warcraft fans looked at Shadowlands and said, man, we need to go back in time a little bit and change some things up. Can it even possibly begin to deliver on some of those return to World of Warcraft promises that we heard Ian Hezekostas talk about when Dragonflight was revealed? No. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's like, let me put this simply. No, not, not even close. There's no. This is going to be another one of those expansions that they just throw out there to try to make a few bucks and to try to get interest back in the game and to try to get back on the good side of the players. Like, oh, look, an expansion. This distracts World of Warcraft players from everything else going on. They're like, oh my god, an expansion. And at this point, I'm done feeling sorry for you. All your, all I was subscribed for a year. I was subscribed for six months. If you're buying this pre-order expansion, you're supporting a company who does not care about his employees, does not treat his employees fairly and it's just literally a piece of shit it's a piece of shit company and you're still supporting it and i'm done uh understanding your side of the argument at, at this point 
All right, so I hear you, and I personally have not purchased Blizzard products since California announced its charges. Uh, I canceled my World of Warcraft sub and all that stuff. But in the interest of a conversation, let me devil's advocate you here a little bit. And I'm sure plenty of people will. There's oh yeah, oh yeah. There. there are there are millions that are playing Overwatch 2's beta right now, and, and yeah. which, by the way, is going to overwrite your Overwatch files. So if you don't buy Overwatch 2, you're going to have Overwatch 2 on your desktop anyway. It'll just you only have access to the Overwatch One stuff. But anyway, yeah, they won't be two different, yeah, two separate games. Yeah, they did. They didn't end up making that convoluted and confusing whatsoever, yeah. did they? Right. Um, so here's the thing, though. I understand boycotting companies and things like that. I've done it before. I Obviously, I'm doing it right now when it comes to Activision Blizzard. However, I also can at least recognize uh, one of the many counter arguments you get to that, which is you're talking about a company that is so big that when it starts to lose money, if a boycott is big enough to actually start denting, like the voting with your wallet, right? Mm-hmm. If that's enough to start denting things, it isn't the people you want to suffer that suffer. Mm-hmm. It is the me's and you's and Wilfredo's of the world that are sitting there in QA, that are sitting there in, in level design, that are sitting there in art design or sound design. It's those frontline employees. So one of the big counter arguments you hear to, I, you know, I'm still going to support them yeah. and buy their products, A, because I like their products, and, and that's perfectly fine, and but B... You know, I got friends that work there, or I don't want these people out of a job, and I know that that is the inevitable consequence of a successful boycott in the short term. Long term, big enough, maybe you get other changes, but in the short term, you usually see layoffs and stuff like that. Unfortunately, uh, other than, you know, yes, they they get to keep their job, and like you said, if, if things, if voting for with my wallet actually does accomplish something, which it in all honesty, I'm one of the the few I think um, that's doing so, and I don't think it's going to make enough of a dent to make a difference. Um, they are the ones that suffer, like you said. The frontline employees are the ones who suffer. But at the same at the same time, if you continue to support this company, continue to make it huge and unwieldy, um, they're not the ones who get the benefit, other than they get to keep their job. Uh, they're not the ones who get the huge bonus checks. They're not the ones who get all the promotions and the bonuses and the and the the free vacations and everything else that's given out to the higher ups. The people who don't actually do the grind day to day are the ones who reap the benefits as well. So those people are the ones the ones that are the frontline employees. They're getting the short end of the stick no matter what's going on here. I only have one option. I only have one option. That is to vote with my wallet. It's the best I can do. It's the only thing I can do. So that's what I that's what I choose to do. What do you think, Wilfredo? Because we got uh, members of chat saying, you know what, I, this just this doesn't matter to me. And there are people out there like that that are just like, yeah. you know what, if your employee is treating you like crap and you don't like it, go get a new job. And you know what, it's not my place as a consumer to really care about how you are treated. And maybe that's. To some of us, maybe that's a cold or a distant or maybe even just a flat out wrong. And, and what's sad view. is I do care about how you're treated and I get it, but I got to do something, man. I got to do something. And it's the only thing I can do. That's yeah. fair. I mean, in, in chat, you could tell me that Yoshi P waterboards his devs daily and I'd still play 14. Like, <laughs> like where do where, where, they also say I messed up though, so don't listen to me. <laughs> and you know what? That's somebody that's incredibly self-aware, at least. So, yeah, we'll right. give a little credit where due. But Wilfredo, where do you where do you fall on this? A See, this- the the spending money, and B could Dragonflight possibly deliver the way World of Warcraft fans would want it to. So let's let's answer the last part first. No, I don't think it's going to be able to do that. Um, I think that. Sure, they spent the time. They probably had a lot of good ideas and intentions. I just don't think it's going to live up. But to answer the first part, this is really tough. Like, for me personally, I'm going to vote with my wallet. I always have, where I don't back Blizzard at this point. Like, ever since everything came out, I stopped backing anything they do. Like, I've uninstalled, like, Diablo Resurrected and all that stuff. I don't want to touch the stuff. Um, I do resonate, and I, res- and, and I understand, I empathize with the frontline workers i do i understand what they go through so it sucks that i have to say in order for me to help you i have to hurt them and it's it's that whole 
separating the artist from the art kind of thing. I don't want to separate these artists, the great artists who came up with the designs and the development, the biomes, the character uh, uh, animations, all that. I don't want to take that away from them. It's who their parents are, so to speak. I can't back them. <laughs> and it sucks. And to, to say, hey, well, Fred is like Troy. Mom. I love hanging out with you, but I just can't come over for dinner. I hate your parents. Your mom, <laughs> yeah. your mom, it's, and your dad—they just dude, suck. <laughs> it's it's really like, they dude. Suck. You make some awesome brisket, but your parents keep putting raisins in the potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, like it it, it hurts in in two ways. So, I like for right now, yeah. I, all I can do is thank with my wallet. You know, but right. hopefully things will change. Hopefully. Well, here's the last piece of good news, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Proletariat Inc., a uh, company behind Spellbreak. We've, we've streamed that and did the first look and stuff like that, a battle royale where you were mages slinging spells that I was actually quite fond of but wasn't quite sure how it was going to survive the, the way they were setting up the model with the seasons and the PvE story and stuff like that. Loved the game. Uh, but wasn't quite sure how it's going to survive. Well, the answer is it's not. Uh, it is it is shutting down in 2023. Now we reported on it late in the evening, the night it was announced. What we didn't know then, but that we updated the piece the next morning after we got additional information, was that the reason Proletariat was shutting it down was because Proletariat was in the process of being acquired by Blizzard Entertainment. So it's about a hundred person, a little over a hundred person staff is being absorbed. Holly Longdale from World of Warcraft tweeted today that it's official because it wasn't quite official. The deal wasn't yeah. done. Now it is official. Proletariat will be joining Blizzard and they are all reportedly going directly to the World of Warcraft team. They will all work on World of Warcraft to sate what, the, what Blizz calls a voracious hunger for World of Warcraft content right now. That's got to be some good news if you're a WoW fan, right? Resources. <laughs> until until their will and desire <laughs> and love of video games is crushed beneath the boot of Kodak. Maybe. 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 But it, We talk about this every time we talk about Blizzard. That used to be such a dream job. Yeah. Like, not that long ago, like how ecstatic like we would have been spinning that positively right like man these guys are getting absorbed by blizzard like they're gonna work on world of warcraft that's amazing now it's like those poor bastards i'm so sorry <laughs> but it's got to be good for the game right wilfredo i mean it's it's constantly been a we'd we'd do this if we had more resources we would do that if we had more resources we would do this if we had more resources well stop laying them off first uh and and now second they do have some fresh blood coming in right now. Yeah. That are going uh, specifically to one game. Right. Uh, let's first press F for respects. Um, because, you know, we're, we're losing another game. Um, but I kind of, I, I got to agree with Troy on this one. Are you serious? Like you're, you're yes, it's fresh blood, new ideas. Hopefully if they're listening to their, to the development team, sure. But what's the likelihood it gets implemented instead it's going to be like, hey, we just did this investigation. Everything seems to be on the up and up. We're not going to change a thing. So, whoosh, Unless they've work. got some fresh new idea how to monetize something when they go in there. Uh, World of Warcraft Battle Royale uh, with its own Battle Pass oh, monetization. Oh, I am sad to oh. see Spellbreak go, but I'm not surprised by any stretch. I, was, oh, I yeah. didn't understand how they were going to make enough money to keep that open. But it was fun. Uh, well, yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, good luck to them. Good luck to them. We'll see. All right, moving on. Let's uh, let's talk about some things that make me skeptical. Just things that make me skeptical. We talked this about. <laughs> what we we didn't just do that. Well, yeah, we we did, but that was specific to one company. Uh, okay. Matt Booty. <laughs> let's just let's just pause for a moment. Everybody, take a moment. <laughs> take. Everybody take a knee. Uh, Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, did uh, finally come out and want to address previous reporting in public. Now, this kind of started with Kotaku, right? And we reported on it to, uh, with sourcing Kotaku and their investigation about 
Fallout 76 uh, 76's troubled development, and we talked about it on the show here, too, uh, about the allegations of crunch and, and all the stuff that usually goes into these stories going into that story about Fallout 76. Now, fast forward, Matt Booty wants to come out and uh, say a little something about conditions at Bethesda Softworks underneath Zenimax Media. Uh, and he said... He's, <laughs> oh, my. He said they take reports of Crunch very seriously. But then he also went on to describe that the report goes pretty far back in time. Let me just... Let's see here. Fallout 76... Release date. You know, far back in time, all the way to yesteryears of 2018. <laughs> Four years ago. His quote, pretty so far back ago. in time. It was so long ago. So long ago. Uh, and, he do- and he says that that is not the culture now, and it's unfair to assign what was generally acceptable gaming industry practice at the time on one specific studio like this. And he also says that he knows from talking to Bethesda leadership that they do not have a situation where people are crunching. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Wilfredo, are you and your staff crunching? No? Okay, cool. Thanks. No, no, not at all. Thanks. Um, All right. Totally. That's, Get back to work. I'm sorry. Did you, I'm sorry. Get back to work. That's good enough for me. Now, he does at least acknowledge the possibility, though, that saying that crunch culture couldn't happen without him knowing is certainly possible. It's certainly possible that it certainly. could be happen without him knowing, but from his conversations with leadership, no, not happening. Call I, me a little skeptical. I, I have a question. What... what the floor, the floor recognizes Wilfredo Rivera from the great country of you done fucked up. Yeah. Um. What what bubble of reality does Booty live in to not know that <laughs> crunch culture is a thing and it's happening without his it isn't booty. he. Does not actually take his booty to any game studios. He, he sits okay. in his well, Microsoft uh, Here's chat. Uh, legit question. Can a culture in a big company like that change in just three to four years? Does it take shorter? Does it take longer? Could it feasibly change in three to four years? Could Zenimax slash Bethesda see the culture, the attitude towards this being acceptable practice starting to shift in 2019, 2020 and have shifted with those dynamics and changed between 2018 and 2022? Is it possible? Absolutely. Anything is possible. Has it been implemented? That's the question. Uh, it's the same leadership pushing out the same games with the same deadlines, wanting to make the most amount of money possible. It's nothing's changed there. Come, come on. When, whenever Starfield actually lands, we're going to start getting reports from those in the know about the crunch and stuff that took place for that game too. Let's let's be realistic here. This is this is absurd. Thank you. Wow. No benefit of the doubt from Troy. <laughs> Hell no. No, but but Microsoft bought them too. Yeah. So it's not totally like the same leadership, right? There was a buyout there. Now, Microsoft has its own allegations going on right now uh, about the treatment of certain employees and, and things like that, and that maybe it's got its own toxic culture problem that some people are alleging they need to take care of before they uh, attempt to fix other people's houses. But this was a company that was purchased. Yeah, but in-house, it's still the same folks running the thing. True. True. I'm just saying, if you smell smoke, there's a fire going. And and, and, then they've had smoke rising from their studios more than once. I will just never forget the term Bioware magic when we talk about stuff like this. Like that, Mm -hmm. I was like, "Why on earth was that said out loud?" (laughs) Like, (laughs) who's? Don't worry, it'll all come together. Bioware magic. Bioware magic. A combination of crunch, abuse, neglect. (laughs) 
It's magic. And maybe it's a magic. couple of free pizzas on yeah. 20-hour weekends. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call diarrhea of the mouth. Oh, my. Call me skeptical. Valve has actually launched an update to Team Fortress 2 in response to the same te- Save Team Fortress 2 campaign. Now, we reported on the initial tweet. Why did we report on a tweet? Well, because that initial tweet uh, that had said... Team uh, TF2 community, we hear you. We love this game and know you do too. We see how large this issue is and it has become and are working to improve things. That was the first tweet that that account had sent out in two years. The Team Fortress 2 official Twitter account. And it was in response to save Team Fortress 2 hashtag campaign going on because of bots and just the mess that the game has become. Call me skeptical whether this will continue or not. But they have introduced one patch so far that they haven't detailed in full, probably because there are elements of it combating bots that they don't want to make. Like, you don't tell the enemy what you're doing, right, Uh, in full. But it does include some public-facing things like double vote kicking, removing the ability to change names during a match so bots can no longer steal players' names, and a few other things. Now, here's the skeptical part. They say that they're still going, they're going to keep going and doing some more of these. Uh, that's the skeptical part for me. That's the skeptical part for me, Troy. Oh my God. I wish Jason was here. What's the Steam chart say on Steam? <laughs> How is the player base still big enough to justify much? I mean, I get that. The game was broken based on uh, the reports there that we were seeing. Uh, and hearing and what they were reporting of what they were going to fix in that patch, it yeah. was pretty bad. Chad um, asking if it's a big game. Uh, yeah, there are currently 137,000 people playing on Steam right now. Yeah. So, I, all right. So we know that it's not small. Yeah, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's obviously up, probably in response to hey, the team actually seems to be doing something. But if we go yeah. back 30, 60, 90 days ago, we are still talking about a game that consistently month after month hits between 60 and 90,000 average players. So yes, it is absolutely big enough. Ooh, yeah, ooh. You're absolutely right. I was starting to imply that it may not be big enough, but it absolutely is big. No, enough. it's and- massive. It's gotta be, it's gotta be in like the top 10 or 20 games ever. As far There's as a reason size. Is, ooh, I got a response. I got a response. Single confirm. We are getting half-life three. That's why they've been taking so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Mm, sure. Oh, wait. I didn't take my meds this morning, did I? Call me skeptical, Ooh. but I don't know. I got More two... people planted on Steam than New World does. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew. I tried to segue to the next topic because I knew it was coming. I knew that the damn thing was coming. So I was looking up something. I know. All right, last thing before we head on over to the weekly bombs here. I want to know, what do you think? And chat, you're involved too. Are these good things or bad things? First up, uh, Epic Games is going to be doing, and everybody in chat was just like, bad thing. (laughs) All I said was Epic Games. They were just, no. Epic Games, the storefront, is adding a new, or one of its new features is uh, aimed at reviewing games, which, okay, fine. That's not what I'm asking you. It's good to be able to review games. Uh, but there are some conditions on the way that this will work. First off, you cannot review a game if you haven't played it for at least, uh, what is it, two hours or 30 minutes? What is it, two hours, I think. Hold on. Two hours. Two hours, yeah, two hours. you got to play the game for at least two hours. So God help you if it's a game you beat in an hour. (laughs) Like, you, you buy some $5 indie darling, you bang through it in an hour and a half, you got to find something to do for an hour or 30 minutes before you can even put a five star up on that bad boy. But here's the other part of it. The more, is this a good idea? To com- mm. combat review bombing. That's why they say the primary, primary reason for this is. Not only can you not review a game you haven't played for at least two hours, but whether or not you can review the game is going to be random. You might get a random invitation on Epic Games to review a game that the system says, Troy, you have played for two hours or more. Would you mm-hmm. like to leave a review on this particular game? Now, it's to keep us from review bombing the hell out of something, which we're going to revisit for the question of the week, uh, whether or not you think review bombing is a good or bad thing. But this idea in and of itself, 
Good thing, bad thing. Let's start with you, Wilfredo. No, I, I think it's dumb. Imagine if it was a restaurant. You go to a restaurant, you have their food, it tastes like crap, and they say, oh, by the way, you can't review us unless we give you uh, an invitation to review us. It's like they block you on Yelp. Get out of here. No. If I want to talk about my experience with it, let me talk about my experience with it, and I'm going to give you my honest opinion. But to sit there and say, well, we're going to randomly choose. I'm still going to give you my opinion. It just won't be on your form. That's fine. It's just going to make it even more and more difficult for me to come back to your platform. I'm going to go over to Reddit or whatever or Twitter just so I can get my review out. So, no, I think it's dumb. Don't silence the voice. I'll give you some of the feedback uh, in the comments on the actual article on MMObomb.com. Uh, Fiery Duck chiming in saying this: just, there's too many things that could be going on behind the scenes, right? Like what randomly picks the user. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. They, they allege, uh, Fiery Duck says that that two-hour limit coincides perfectly with EGS's refund policy. I, I know Steam's is two hours. I don't, actually don't know about Epic because I've never bought anything on Epic. <laughs> Everything I've got on Epic was the free right, games right, all the time. Right. So I don't know. Uh, if Epic Game Store's r refund policy is two hours, that's, yeah, a little weird. Uh, Midori chiming in with, with a lot here. I will summarize saying that, you know, obviously Chinese companies don't own Epic, but they do have large investments in them as far as like Tencent and things like that, having investments there. And it just the kind of the same thing. It leaves a little too much behind the scenes on who's exactly being asked to review these. Are they some review shop in some other country that they're just, hey, we're going to send you 30 reviews. Uh, what about games like Cyberpunk when they come out and they're like virtually unplayable for two hours, uh, much longer in the case of Cyberpunk? But you know what happens there? It. What do you think, Troy? Mm, all, all to combat, list. all to combat review bombing. Mm -hmm. The less negative reviews on a game, the better it's going to sell. Uh, I think that's pretty much a given. Um, if a, if a game is overwhelmingly positive, um, I weigh that pretty heavily onto my decision whether or not I want to purchase a game. If a game is mixed, then the reviews take a smaller portion of what I'm putting into deciding if I'm going to buy a game, but they still absolutely influence it. Yeah. Um, I, I think what they're doing is just trying to prevent negative reviews is what it feels like to me. And they're just trying to pick and choose who they random random could mean anything uh they could be back there picking and choosing people who have played the game enough to where now of course there's always people who play three thousand hours and they're like oh my god this game is the worst game ever yeah uh, yeah you see that on steam all the time <laughs> yeah but uh, you know a lot, a lot of times if you're looking for people who have more play time and looking for people who there's ways to look at play time and how somebody's played a game to get a good idea if they're going to give you a positive or negative review. And I feel like there's some, I feel like there's some funny business going on in the background here. And I don't yeah. think this is good for consumers. Chai Wei in, uh, or Chi Wei in, in, in chat saying the same thing, like random could invite cherry picking, exactly. right? Yeah, like, so picking. let's, let's talk like rocket league, right? It's very easy for, um, Epic games to look at my Epic profile and say he has X thousand hours in rocket league. So clearly he's played quite a bit of it. But we're also able to see factors like how often does he play? You know, oh, this dude plays for two, achievements. two hours. Saying, right. achievements, this person yeah. is still playing actively every, every two days, two or three hours every single day. Where Troy has played Rocket League for 1,000 hours but hasn't played in eight months. Mm -hmm. Now, are we both likely, uh, equally as likely to get asked if we want to do a review for Rocket League? I, I don't know. I don't know. From what they've publicly Doubtful. released, yes, we both played it for at least two hours. But logically, I have to agree that there's probably some other stuff going on in the background that is going to try and cherry pick. Alder stop review bombing, which review bombing absolutely happens, but I'm not entirely convinced it's a bad thing. <laughs> Like I'm review not... bombing is one of the few ways that consumers have to voice their opinions and voice problems and to spread those problems and to make others aware of issues that are going on. Uh, I don't think does it, review bombing does is necessarily happen... the shits that it can right. be. And does it happen that there's a stupid social media campaign that ends up with a game getting review bombed that doesn't deserve why it's getting review bombed for the quality of the game? Yeah, it does happen. Yeah, Every okay. system is abusable. Every system is abusable. 
Including uh, this one that you're trying to implement. Yeah. All right, so we all agree. Bad idea. Good idea, bad idea. Lost Ark delayed its most recent patch. Now, it did come out yesterday, so it is available now, but it was actually supposed to come out last week. Now, this was actually back in Call Me Skeptical when I did the show notes for last week before we had to cancel due to some scheduling issues behind the scenes. And I've moved it here to ask if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Concern in the latest Lost Ark patch that introduces a Legion raid and some other content as well was uh, based on Yaz's Jar. Players were kind of miffed about this particular item and its impact on the game because it is a cash shop item that ends up leading to you getting uh, various skins. And while the skins look nice and cosmetically they're fine, they also do offer like a 1% to a 2% stat increase, which the team says when you're talking about endgame content, that percentage is negligible, but the stat increase was there. Now, once players got wind of that, they didn't want it uh, here in the Western version, and so the devs delayed the patch over monetization concerns. They weren't specific initially. Then when they said, hey, we're going to launch on the 30th, and here's the details, they removed Yaz's Jar. They didn't want players to feel like the skins found in Yaz's Jar were necessary from a gameplay perspective, so they took it out. Good idea, bad idea, Wilfredo. I think it's a good idea. It's somebody who's saying, okay, you guys obviously don't like this. It's a stat boost and things like that. You don't want it? We'll take it out. Maybe we'll come back to it later. Maybe they can retool it a little bit. But I think it's a good idea. They they acknowledge what their fan base said, and they went to work. I think it's a good idea. Troy? I think it's disgusting that uh, they absolutely would have slid that in if they could have. Well, it's in, not, it's not, not it's not like it was slid in. It was in the it's in the eastern version. Oh yeah, so what I'm saying like is in this it. version they they would have they would have absolutely just let that go right in if there hadn't been an outcry from the players saying no, we don't need that over here. That's not tolerated yet. I'm glad they took it out. Good good idea to take it out. I think it it's out. a good idea. Let me let me ask you this though. Does it make it harder in the future for them to make monetization decisions or does this create a nice fine line now where they say, "Hey, you know what?" Everything's just gonna. We're we're just gonna keep it cosmetic. This once you remove a one to two percent stat buff item from the cash shop over player concerns about power for what you as a company are saying is a negligible power increase. You can never add anything that's gonna have any stat increase, right? You can, absolutely uh, that should be the fact in the sand right there. They, they have now defined their line at this point and have to stick to it, which is good, by the way. I'm, I'm not arguing that they yeah, should do yeah, any yeah. different. But by doing this for something you believe is negligible stat-wise, you now have to do it from here on out. You have to, right? You've set precedent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I say... hopefully, And hopefully they keep that standard up. The, 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 I guess that's the big thing. Like, yeah. if they start... Hit, uh, you know, being hypocritical about what they put in based on what just happened. I think it's a really good thing, honestly. That's that's transparency from a game company you don't see very often. They own it. Now they have to continue to own it, and that's going to be trying for them down the line. Right now, it's a good thing. We'll see what they do going forward. Last up, Sky Mavis. This is the company that was involved in the whole Axie Affinity uh, NFT blockchain cryptocurrency uh, game. Uh, remember, we reported months ago that Axie Infinity suffered a hack to the tune of like 617 million Ethereum. That's about uh, 25.5 million in USDC. Uh, yeah, only $265 million is going to be returned by, by Sky Mavis, where the breach happened. The vulnerability was on Sky Mavis's side. Uh, so that's about a third, right? 617 million stolen, 216.5 million going back in reimbursement. That's about a third. So get you in on those crypto games, gang. Get you in on them <laughs> right now. And I think we'll NFTs are a scam and uh, they're not safe. And I think we'll just call that a bad idea and go to the weekly bombs.
Weekly bombs, dub bomb for something good, a bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. Wilfredo, what is yours today, sir? Oh, mine is pretty simple. I want to give a dub bomb to everybody who checked out the latest video that I put uh, put out there for you guys. Um, thank you for all the comments, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Thank you. Feedback is absolutely necessary. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the suggestions. Keep that rolling. Troy, what you got? A bomb to the way that Valve rolls out the Steam Deck. I've been waiting in queue for well over a year. And then when I get my email, I've got three days to give you $700 or I completely lose my place in line. They have my $700, but a bomb to the way that they do that. <laughs> Such a big baby. I was like refreshing my email all day Thursday. I am in Q3. <laughs> I didn't realize I had it till yesterday. Yeah, I am in Q3 as well for the $650 uh, model. I can't wait. Mondays or emails go out Thursdays and Mondays, so you can bet Monday F4, F4, F4. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give an A-bomb. I'm sad about the shutting down of Spellbreak, even though when I did the first look, I said, yeah, I don't I don't know how this is going to be monetized and sustainable, but still sad to see it go. I did like its take on Battle Royale coming from somebody that isn't generally a Battle Royale fan. A-bomb for the shutdown of Terra online on the PC. Console's still going, but PC, its final day was yesterday. And I'm going to give a dub bomb to the Final Fantasy XIV live letter. Again, Q's full report will be published as soon as we're out of the uh, Always Online podcast here. From viewers on YouTube, Alan M 0 says, Debomb to Project Gorgon. I've been having a great time in this game. She's no looker, but she's great fun. The community is fantastic as well. I assume the bad graphics keep the toxic people away. Also, where did Jason Winter go? Uh, Jason Winter retired from uh, content creation. He now does a lot of streaming on his own personal channel, uh, hanging out, just streaming. So you can go check that out, twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. Uh, he's got a whole schedule up. He's, he's, pretty, he's live pretty much every day for a couple of hours each day. So you can still hang out with him, and he still guest hosts occasionally here, but he doesn't do content creation or writing for any gaming sites anymore. He's, he's retired. He's, is he streaming right now? Yeah. He's retired. Uh, go ahead, Troy. Take the next one. Uh, Box giving a dub bomb for all the gamers who got what they wanted out of the game show expos. Even though I was cynical on the last week's answer, I still mostly stand by that opinion. Since then, because not much else was shown that I have much interest, but also an A-bomb to myself for not believing in DD2 being a real product and now having to buy it day one for a friend. I bet against... Whenever it comes out, probably not for another four to five years, LOL. <laughs> Go ahead, Wilfredo. Effects on. So sick of remakes slash remasters. Just make new games. We got them. Starfield and, and Avowed. They're coming. Redfall. Looking at Redfall. Redfall. Yeah. Uh, from chat, by the way, uh, Takal says, as stated earlier, dub bomb to relics being tied to Hildebrand. I just love seeing all the salt in Reddit about it. <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> Uh, Raggerty says, LOL, what update did they mess up Paladins with? Every patch. The game was fine. Then they said, hey, let's just mess this up. And every time they try to correct it, mess up something else and leave the broken things broken. Now that I think about it, that's typical high res. <laughs> that's Raggerty's comment. Yeah, you're right. Like Paladins has had rough, but it, I think it was update 63, if I remember right. And that's what I was trying to remember on the last show. Uh, was the one that they introduced the cards mechanic, and that just you know, made things made things uh, a mess, a mess. Go ahead, Troy. RS Jebber, A-bomb to ArenaNet for controversial balance changes in the upcoming patch. Warrior and Ranger players were promised big reworks of their banner spirit skills, and the result is terrible. Meanwhile, the strongest classes become even better. I've never seen the community so disappointed. I tweeted out just uh, yesterday, yesterday or the day before, um, literally right after that balance patch, um, I logged in, and in Lion's Arch, there was just this circle of warriors, and they were just dropping their banners that had just been reworked just to see how pathetic they were. And they were like all in a group trying to get like back up to the stats that the banners used to give from like one warrior. And they couldn't even get that in this whole big squad of warriors trying to drop these banners. And I tweeted out a picture of them all just standing in a circle. And it was just, it was sad. Now, they were all like, they weren't even like mad. They were just like devastated. <laughs> yeah. Disclosure. They did release a hot fix. So this, Which, uh, this was typed. Nothing for the warriors. This was typed uh, prior to. Yeah. 
But it, it's still relevant because they changed absolutely. There was zero warrior section on those hotfixes last night. Sir Hans Wolf uh, in chat asking, what's everyone's opinion on... Uh, oh, first time chatter. Hey, hey, what's up, Hans Wolf? Welcome. Uh, what's everyone's opinion on free-to-play and subscription-based games and how it's changed the way people think about subs? I'm going to say what I've said for 12 years now on this channel and on Game, uh, game Breaker and everything. I love the free-to-play model. Everybody loves the free-to-play model. Until they find a free-to-play game that they like and want to stick to, then they wish it was subbed. They wish it had a sub. I'm the same way. I enjoy dabbling in free-to-play stuff to get a feel for it. Makes doing first-look videos easy. I don't have to buy the damn things. Uh, but the ones I want to sink my teeth into, I'm always like, damn it, I would just wish there was a sub. Just give me a sub and get all these lunatics out of here that are... You know, clogging up chat and all these different systems out of here that I don't do. Just let me pay yeah, you fifteen dollars. All the dumb yeah. inconvenience <laughs> systems. Give me all the quality of life that comes yep. with your subscription, and let's move on. And let's move on. Let's move on. Agree. Uh, question of the week last week. What's your review now of the Xbox Game Pass, whether it's PC, console, cloud, however you want to play it, the the system subscription itself. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it good for gamers? Bad for gamers? Good for development teams? Bad for development teams? A lot of debate going on uh, over the last six months or so now that we're starting to see more and more numbers from these companies that have put things on Game Pass, some uh, leading to a lot of success and some actually maybe hurting their, their sales uh, and future development because of it. Breckner Catalan says, question of the week, they need to bring the Game Pass over to Steam like EA did with EA Play. Uh, Gabe Newell actually, I don't know if we covered it here, but I remember talking about it on Gaming Gumbo. Gabe Newell actually said he was open to that uh, in an interview, that he was absolutely open to bringing Game Pass to Steam if the if him and sure Microsoft could be. make it work. But uh, yeah, I was like, absolutely. You'll... <laughs> yeah. Absolutely you would be. You would be. Uh, go ahead, Troy. Uh, box question of the week. Overall, it's a very high 9.5 out of 10 for me because it's a steal of a deal. I've had the ultimate pass since day one because I like some of the bonuses it would sometimes have for games kind of like Amazon Prime. The only reason for that 0.5 knocked off is because still all these years later, the Windows Store app and even the Xbox Windows 10 app are both pieces of garbage 75% of the time and take forever to run. On the other hand, it is still fun to be able to swap games on the fly and use Game Pass to save money trying out new games. I might have potentially regretted purchasing on Steam without the fear of hitting that two-hour playtime mark. Looking at you, Necromunda, hired gun, such wasted potential. <laughs> I like how Box <laughs> took the extra time to not only make their point, but also provide examples to support <laughs> said point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's good college writing right there. <laughs> here is and my thesis. Is, here is my evidence. <laughs> and here is where I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh go ahead wilfredo raggedy question of the week not really a fan of game passes you never know when they will take something off i'd rather own it and play it when i want yeah I, i'm not gonna lie i kind of feel that way too yeah that is obviously that is a thing when you have these subscription things and obviously by the way there's just gonna be more you know the playstation reworked theirs recently there's just gonna be more of these coming um, and, and it's it'll eventually it'll oversaturate like video streaming has right now, where now it's starting to condense a little more because there's too many, you know, Hulu's and Netflix and Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and HBO Max and blah 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 blah. Uh, anyway, uh, so I get sidetracked there. You I, still pay for cable like Mike does. <sighs> you had to bring it up. You had to bring it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I do. And yeah, so I could definitely see that, like obviously games leaving. But I, I will say this about the Xbox Game Pass one. They give you plenty of notice that a game is, is about to leave. And if you want to play it, then you just purchase it at that time, which to me is no different from I could go buy it for 60 bucks on release date or I could play it as much as I want to under Game Pass. And if I'm still enjoying it by the time it's going to go off, I could give them my 60 bucks then. And if it's been long enough, maybe it's not even $60 anymore. So while I, I think it's a fair point that you don't own that library, the option is not like Netflix, where like the game is going to disappear or, or this, the TV show you want to watch on Netflix is coming off this month and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Uh, 
where Game Pass has that, obviously, if you like the game, then just go ahead and buy it. Then whether we take it on or off Game Pass doesn't matter. So at least there's that. At least there's that. RS Jabber finishing it off saying, not a fan of having my game library locked behind a subscription. That that can be... But your your game library, ones you've bought, are not. They're not locked behind that subscription. Um, but anyway... I'm okay with paying for some MMO every month, though, but that's just one game, and in my mind, it's a bit different. Also, to answer previous week's question, best game to sit down and relax with on my brand new computer, the one you, the first game you fire up to chill, whatever the newest Doom game is. That's fair. That's fair. That's just unplug your brain and have some fun with your brand yes, new PC. Sir. 100% fair. Question of the week this week. Are, uh, is review bombing a good thing or a bad thing? Have you ever been part of one? And let us know why. Because I honestly think there are merits to it. Yes, it can be abused, and they didn't like what they said on social media, so go review bomb the hell out of the game, even though the game itself is great. We don't like what the developer did or the community manager said. Yeah, of course it could be abused. But is the ability to do it overall a net good? And have you ever been part of one? Why? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget your weekly bombs while you're there on YouTube and on MMO Bomb. Those are where we get all of those. If you don't put those down there, I ain't doing those segments anymore. So make sure you answer the question of the week in your weekly bombs. Dub bomb for something good, A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. Until next time, Wilfredo, where can everybody find you? Come check me out on Twitter at uh, Damien X Marius. I'm going to be posting a lot more when it comes to the uh, Should You Come Back Is It Worth Playing series. Troy. Follow me on Twitter at Noobfridge to see screenshots of sad warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1. But more importantly, on Twitter, follow at MMOBomb. That way you'll know every time we go live here on Twitch with the podcast, streams, news articles, first look videos, giveaways, and so much more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Bye.